0: Today on the LA Food Podcast, I'm your host, Lucas Servodio, still reeling from the news that Pump might be living its final days. Speaking of people who like Bravo shows, I'm joined by a food blogger whose content never fails to put a smile on my face. It's Jesse Evans of Jesse Eats on Instagram. Jesse has been gracing our timelines with photos and videos of delicious finds for the better part of a day decade now, and she joins us today to discuss how she got into this crazy world, where she's been eating lately, and what the heck it means to be a pump and dump influencer, and why she'll never be one. We finish things off with a quick round of the LA Food Podcast's favorite game, The Perfect Wreck, and let me tell you, Jesse had some hot takes for us. But first, a quick disclaimer. This is a relatively new podcast, and I'm still figuring things out, so for some reason, my sound on today's episode is reminiscent of what you might have heard on a Vietnamese walkie-talkie circa 1970. Why? I have absolutely no idea. Luckily, Jessie's sound is great, and her opinions are the ones that really matter, but thanks in advance for your patience, dear listener, while I continue to figure my shit out. With that said, I think this intro has been long enough, and you're probably hungry for some tasty content, so without further ado... Let's chow down. Okay,
1: I am so excited because today we are joined by Jesse Evans, who you might know from social media listener as Jesse Eats. Jesse, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good. Thank you for having me on.
1: Thank you for being here. Uh, I need to ask first, are you aware that when you Google your name, what comes up is a, uh, a like a desperado style outlaw?
2: I I was not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, just so you know, I am flagging that for you. So uh, if you you know if you ever get like uh, reached out to by people looking for their relatives and and, and think you are them, that's what they're looking for.
2: Oh, thank you for the heads up.
1: <laughs> yeah, you are welcome. Um, but look, I, I have so many topics I want to cover uh, today. But first, I think it makes sense to to learn a little bit about you. Who is Jesse? The Jesse behind Jesse Eats? Are you from LA?
2: Yeah, I'm actually an L.A. native, um, the 818. So I'm a true, true Valley girl. Um, oh. Yeah, which is very fun. And I was a child actor. I grew up acting. I went to NYU and then I came back and I fell in love with California, L.A. finally. Because I did not like growing up here, but now I love it so much.
1: What didn't you like about growing up here?
2: I think I went to a very um, specific private school with very specific types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too, when you're younger, you live in your bubble, right? So yeah. so I was only aware of the things in my surroundings in, you know, Studio City area. When I came back, it was the freedom to try and travel and explore. And, and that's what made me start loving the city.
1: Yeah. I, you know what's so funny is that I had like the opposite experience. I grew up in like, in uh in, in europe and i grew up watching a little show called the oc okay uh so i very much like you know uh romanticized growing up in los Angeles, and southern california so it sounds to me like the experience that i thought was my dream experience was the one you had and the one that you ne- didn't necessarily want
2: a hundred percent yes yeah. and then what happened you came here and you saw hollywood boulevard and you are like Oh. <laughs> I was like,
1: no, I was like, I've made it. No, I'm just
2: kidding. Uh,
1: also, so, So you, uh, and you're still an actor too. Is that is that right? Yeah.
2: So I'm still an actor yeah. and I don't know how much you know about Hollywood, but you are not working more than you are working, which is very yeah. hard. And being a creative person, I wanted some kind of outlet because we get in these little slums. You're like, Every core, I get my quarter freak out. You're like, why am I doing these side hustle jobs? And I don't feel stimulated. And the only other thing in my life that I loved equally was food. So I started this mm-hmm. food blog around like 2014. Wow. Um, I know. So you're is, like,
1: you're like an OG.
2: Yeah, this is when you know we weren't even doing reels. We were TikTok was not even a thought. Um, Instagram
1: was was alive but it wasn't what it was today.
2: Yeah, Instagram was alive tw- and Twitter was very big as far as food. You know, uh-huh. that's where you were getting the news. That's where Roy Choi of Kogi truck was like telling where he was parking and yeah. um so so it's interesting for me I think just to see how much it has evolved now and it's very exciting and I think there's room now for so many creators and so many people yeah. to play.
1: It's true. And wait, so let's let's back out a little bit. You say, you said you've always loved food, but were, what was the genesis of that? Was there a moment when you were like, oh, wait, I think I like this more than other people like it?
2: <laughs> you, I, I do love food a lot. You know, it's interesting because growing up, things I took for granted, I realized kind of were my like roots of everything. I ate dinner with my family every single night. And I didn't realize oh, that cool. was rare. And then I ended up writing my college paper on that. That was my, like, what is it called? Do you ever have to do ed- yeah. admissions stuff? Your, uh,
1: your admissions essay, right? Like where you have to like get really personal and try to make the admissions person cry?
2: A hundred percent. Yes. So mine was about eating dinner with my family. Um, yeah. And then I auditioned for cool. the school I went to and I I, you know, you do your monologues and do your songs, and then you have an interview after, and I didn't talk about, you know, my past experience or whatever. I've talked about paninis. So clearly there was this, like, through line of, like, this is my passion always, Um, and it wasn't until I was older when I got to experience things finally. You know, I would save up my tips from catering and and go try places I've always wanted to try. At nighttime, I was, like, looking at Yelp. Like, I wasn't scrolling Instagram then. You know, I was scrolling Yelp. (laughs) <laughs> like Yelp reviews. <laughs> Did
1: you ever go on Chowhound?
0: Do you
2: remember Chowhound?
1: Yes, Hound? yes. Yeah. I, so uh, I, it sounds like, and back then to when, in college, like, I don't know about you, but when I was in college, it wasn't like a... a career path food wasn't necessarily a career path at all like you could go and drop out and go to culinary school or something like that but food media was kind of just like a a pipe dream basically
2: yeah exactly exactly yeah your path would be you know to work chef life and yeah I loved it as an extracurricular as like this thing on the side that I could do and at the end of the day too it's so special because it's still telling stories Right? Yeah. I'm, we're yeah. still entertaining. We're still building community and telling stories. So yeah. they kind of go hand in hand, which has been really fun and really nice.
1: So when you started your, your account, what format was it in? What,
2: I started. Yeah, I started on Instagram, um, and I started with YouTube. I was making long form okay. YouTube content. Um, Jesse eats episodes.
1: <laughs> <And so, laughs> like, what were these episodes? I've been on YouTube recently, but they kind of like more short sure form.
2: Yeah, so, well, let's be honest. The editing is so much easier to do a thirty-second video than a full-length feature, you know. Um, yeah. But I do want to go. I want to go back to that because I think you're missing a lot of the storytelling and, and especially when you can get chefs involved to talk about yeah. their roots. It, it's such a fun way to tell and showcase places you love. But I started with YouTube videos like Grand Central Market and um, SGV Dumpling Crawl. Um, and uh, and then I got to do, okay, so this is, I'm, I'm dating myself still, but I went to Hawaii and I really wanted to go to, you know Sheldon Simeon? Yeah, the top chef.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a huge Top Chef fan over here, so yes, I know Sheldon.
2: Me too, me too. Yeah. So I was going to Hawaii, and I was like, well, you know what? Let me, I really want to film something at Tin Roof. So I emailed the PR and this was not to say like, hey, give me free shit. You know, like how a lot of these influencers, like. Yeah. think it was literally just saying, "Can is it okay if I have a camera and I take pictures and I take videos because this wasn't normal. But now if you go into any restaurant and people have a camera out and a flash and a whole setup, it's, right? It's weird if they do And But this was so oddball, somebody to come into a place and film and um, they're like, of course. And he'll be there. So I got to spend a whole day with him, which was such a treat early on and taught me a lot about like, you know, I had to all of a sudden step up my game. So I had a lav mic. I had, you know, the (laughs) tripod, all this stuff. But that was really special. So those are the roots. And then the other roots were, of course, with Instagram um, and uh, sharing all of Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, totally. And so what was your... Angle, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, was it? Did you even need an angle in? 20, like when you started this? Yeah. Because uh, today, you know, it feels like everybody's got to be like, oh, my angle is I drive x x amount of miles to get to this place. <laughs> or me, I'm doing a hundred pizzas this year, right? Right. So did, did you have an angle, or was it more just like I'm going to go out there and do the things I and eat the things I like and. Tell people what I think.
2: Yeah, it might. Yeah, that's so funny. You're so true. Everything now you have to like kind of give yourself a thesis and a... Yeah, uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, it was just, I was so excited to finally go to a lot of these places. I just wanted to share it. And I think social media has a stigma that I think a lot of people are like, look how fabulous I am. I went to this restaurant. I went to mm-hmm. this. And it was never that. It was honestly just to share with people places i really really excited about, whether it was something that it's hard to get into, right? Yeah. There's a lot of restaurants at the time that like you could not get into. And I would finally get a reservation. And it was like, here's your way in. Because I know for me, I love nerding out and seeing people share restaurants that I couldn't go to.
1: Yeah, totally. So, tw- so you started twenty fourteen. You said, right? Mm-hmm. So, what were the hot restaurants then that people couldn't get into? Do you remember?
2: Um, Mod, Peristone, uh-huh. Mod. Um, uh-huh. and that was back in the day. You had a call for a reservation. There wasn't a talk. There wasn't Resi and all the things that make things easier now. So, I spent hours on the phone That's when they dedication. would be Yes, yes, hours. Um, so that was so special. And then you know, then. I think my, uh, my I don't know if it's the acting background or whatever, you learn to make friends and support. Yeah. So I called the receptionist the day after and I was like, thank you so much. I wrote <laughs> a handwritten card and soon <clears throat> I was able to go more frequently.
1: That's so nice. I mean, that is one of the most like exciting and I think um, my favorite parts of this is, is making friends. Like everybody is so willing to help and to you know like just give you access because they know that I think a lot of LA restaurants especially, are storytellers too. Like, they like to tell stories through their food and, and through like social media themselves. Like, mm-hmm. I gotta say, there's some like really creative social media teams behind certain restaurants out there these days. So, oh,
2: absolutely. And it's interesting uh, too, because besides a thing like Top Chef or these things on TV, you know, chefs aren't used to being in the limelight, they're not used to being yeah. front and center. So, for them kind of to play with, being in front and talking and, and playing with that, I think is exciting.
1: Yeah, totally. So I I read in one of your bios that, or or an interview maybe that you said at some point you met uh, Jonathan Gold.
2: Yeah. Kind of an
1: interesting interaction with him.
2: I, oh my gosh, I adore him. I am very, very lucky that I feel like he either like, not not knighted me, but gave me this golden ticket of acceptance to be like, you got this, go into the food world, little Jesse. Um, (laughs) But it it was all through um, Twitter back in the day. Mm -hmm. He used to have these things called, it was like hashtag ask Jay Gold. Mm -hmm. And so I always was, I was asking Jay Gold all the things and he would respond back. Um, and then I was using his guide to his, his 101 was kind of how I started to learn LA. I was using that to check off things. Um, and then I met him in person and I was like, hi, I'm Jesse. Introducing myself. He's like, of course I know who you are. And, and it really was which was so, so, so special because here's the person that I look up to, but I think that's just very telling of his heart and in his writing too, right? He always involved everyone. It was like, we are going to this restaurant. Or next time you're in LA, you're coming here with me and here's why. And even in real life, he was that way too. And then it became a really fun relationship. He was like daring me to try things at Gelata or like very opinionated on my horrible um, Thanksgiving recipes I was doing. But (laughs) it was a very, very special relationship. And I'm so, so grateful to him for just like – take not taking a chance but just like supporting from the start yeah
1: it's funny too because like i it was in that era i think there was a lot of suspicion around blogs and around bloggers uh when it comes to like food reviews i remember david chang talking about this in his book uh, i like kind of like you know there was this whole cottage industry of bloggers that were that were popping up on like the grub streets and the chowhounds of the world and restaurateurs a lot of them didn't take bloggers seriously. They were kind of yeah. like the, the, the B list of food writers and I think a lot of food writers felt the same way. So for like the food writer to take such a, like a open arms interest in you is really special, I think, especially yeah. in that time.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. And I think I think he sought to, I mean, at the end of the day, your passion shines through. Right. And I mean, I was just a fan. I was a fangirl of restaurants and a fangirl of chefs. And when you find nerdy people that are like-minded and you can just talk nerdy food, how fun is that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's, uh, it's, it's like finding, you know, that kid at orientation that like has the same like band t-shirt, uh, from the band that you like. And you're like, Oh my God, I thought I was the only one, but no, it's, uh, it's true. You find like a, you find your tribe when you're yes. doing this. Yes,
2: yeah. definitely.
1: So, speaking of weird food or you know nerdy food, what what have you been enjoying eating recently?
2: Oh, good question. Okay, recently I I recently just went back to Factory Kitchen, um, downtown mm. LA. I hadn't been in maybe five years. Um, and it holds up, I will tell you. The pasta is delicious. That handkerchief pasta was like mandeli de Seta
1: Yeah, I was is- gonna say I think it's one of the most underrated dishes in the city. I think it's incredible.
2: Yeah, it's so and it's it's nice too when you have memories of a dish or yeah. you think of this restaurant because of this dish, and then you go back and it still holds up. It was so special. And it was so fun too. I went for lunch and there's such a different um, group of diners at lunch than when I had experienced at dinner. It's all the locals, people in the neighborhood on their business lunches or families, and it just felt so welcoming. That's that really, really cool. Fun.
1: You know, it's kind of like a little bit more of a hoity-toity experience at night where you're, you know, you got, at least when I went, yeah, it must have been like four years ago or something like that. It's a like night that. out. It's a night out. yeah. You know, you're going, you're having your, like, Negronis and, like, you know, you got your nice outfits on. So uh, it's, it's even funny to think of it as, like, a neighborhood restaurant.
2: Yeah, I loved it. And th- there was even like, a girl behind me eating alone, living her best life with, like, a little tuna crudo moment, glass of wine, you <laughs> know? And, and I love that, that it, it has that um, sense of, you know, this is your safe place. This is your, yeah. your special moment for yourself, too. yeah.
1: That's cool. And I, I saw on your uh, Instagram that you went to uh, Angler recently.
2: Angler 2.0. Yes. Angler
1: two po- <laughs> I, never, I never went to Angler 1.0 either, but I'm very curious about it. How How was it?
2: You know, it is very different. And you, I had my um, memories of, I had just also recently a San Francisco one. And here's the Saison Hospitality, right? So it was this, it used to be this restaurant you were spending a lot of money. I'm talking a lot for just a single dish. Um, And it's, I feel bad because here it is in the mall. Um, So I think that kind of gave it a weird reputation that people are like, I don't want to go to a mall restaurant. Meanwhile, it just happens to be at the Beverly Center. Yeah, Um, yeah, Yeah. But the old one was more like seafood focused. Um, really fine dining. And I would say 2.0 is more a celebration of LA. So there's a lot of different flavors in there. There's Korean, there's Mexican. Um, the dishes, the price point now is affordable and it, which is really exciting that you can go and, and it doesn't have to be your, you know, anniversary yeah. or your job promotion celebration. You can go on a Tuesday um, and, and it's playful and fun in there.
1: That's awesome, and the cocktails especially looked pretty funky.
2: Yeah, they have one. It's called um, Catch and Release, and it comes in because you know they have the um, all the live fish uh, tanks everywhere because it's a yeah. restaurant. Um, yeah. And they have this fish tank that they have the cocktail in that comes out, so it's very playful. Um, <sighs> but if you go, hands down, you have to get the seaweed rice. Okay. With uh, salmon roe, it's delicious. You don't have to be bougie and get the extra caviar, but I am a sucker for caviar. So. <laughs> <laughs> to speaking now, I saw you do a recipe for caviar pasta. Is that right? Okay, so here's what's fun about social media, right? We get to yeah. basically be our own editors of our own creative creativity, right? You're doing this yeah. amazing sandwich quest. Um, and I love caviar so much. I was like, well, there's national caviar day. Obviously I have to do a post. And then a couple of years ago, I was like, or I do caviar a week and do a week of content. So we're on year three this year. So yeah. Caviar it's, like it's like,
1: it's like the Jesse's version of shark week is caviar week.
2: hundred percent. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so caviar <laughs> pasta, talk me through that. Cause you know, I, so I'm Italian. I grew up eating a lot of different pastas and some pastas that some people would consider not typical fare for a child. Like, for example, one of the favorite like lunches that my mom used to send me to school with was spaghetti with botarga. Okay. So, yeah, you you put you know this, but listeners might not. It's 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 like it's fish roe, basically. It's like um, I, I believe it's actually like the sperm sack of of fish that is dried and then grated on pasta. And it is so good and it tastes like the ocean, but when you have to explain what you're eating to like your fellow sixth graders, it gets a little bit weird. Um, But even by my standards, caviar pasta is out there. So talking through how, you know, how you make it and what, you know, what it's like.
2: Yeah. There's okay. So when I went to Copenhagen, there's this restaurant called Baraba. And okay. where I, I, the truth is, I have a lot of FOMO as a food blogger because I want to eat everything, and mm-hmm. I couldn't make it to this restaurant, but they had this caviar pasta, and so I replicated it at home. And what it is is almost it's an elevated butter noodle dish. So you're doing mm-hmm. your your melted butter, and you're putting in an anchovy. Um, uh, what's it called? Not syrup and but sauce. Anchovy sauce. sauce. Okay. Yeah. So already we're getting that sea flavors. So that kind of reminds me of your pasta. You were saying.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And is the anchovy is the anchovy sauce like something you make out of anchovies, or is you, something you purchase?
2: You can purchase in the valley. There's this store that is my favorite. You'll walk in and you'll be like, "Oh, ah! amazing food heaven!" Called Epicurus for me. They have okay. everything. They have the cheeses. They have the flour to make your pastas. They have incredible sauces and it's very dangerous but that's where I got it um yeah easy easy and then and then just a dollop of caviar so it's funny how this elevated dish is basically just butter noodles right
1: well it's funny because I I feel like most elevated places it's all about really just making ingredients sing right and 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 it's, it's simplicity does seem to be key to a lot of these excellent dishes i mean if you look at like a cache of it's literally just you know noodles cheese and black pepper and that's it so uh it's actually refreshing to hear that you're not adding like cream or like you know anything (sighs) like that to this dish yeah um that's really cool so kind of along these lines of you telling us about these restaurants you've just been to I've noticed that your content is always really positive and I really, you know, appreciate that. That's what I try to do as well. But in every food eater's life, there comes times when you have something you don't like, right? Um, I'm curious how you approach that. Well, you know, have you ever like set out to do a review and then just been like, Oh, I don't know that I can rave about this one.
2: That's so what interesting. Cause I recently just had a negative experience. Um, Well, I think we were talking about like, what is your thesis or what is your whatever gimmick we were talking about earlier on? I think for me, what sets me apart is my value. I will only post places on my feed that I like. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's because there's a lot of times people either come to L.A. or they drive to a place that I've posted about. I would hate to be the person that I always say, um, I don't want to be a pump and dump a uh, creator or blogger. What is
1: what's a pump and dump? <laughs> I really don't need to know this. I really don't need to know this term.
2: I'm I, <laughs> I a pump and dump creator. Now I'm questioning everything. I promise you're not a pump and dump. <laughs> <laughs> but you know where people are just, I I get invites to places or I get things that maybe I know is not good. And it's just the people that are mass producing. They're just posting whatever to post versus uh-huh. I value this place. I really like this place. Right? Um, So, yes, my stuff will always be positive. In the instances where it is a negative experience, um, I try to either, I just ignore it, and this is Mm -hmm. something for me to know, or I try to make it a conversation, because I never want to bash a restaurant. I never want to take down a chef or anything, because business is so hard but for example there was a restaurant in san francisco that is very popular all over social media seafood restaurant and i had the worst experience um uh, just health code just way i was treated And you know, watching raw hands that had just been handling trash and money grab the ceviche. You know, I mean, that's sashimi, like all just cooties. Um, Yeah. And you know, I was excited. I got all the content. I created stuff. I was excited to post about it. I'm not going to post about it. But what I did is I made it a conversation in my stories. How Hmm. do you handle this thing? What has your experience been? Um, Would you say something? And I think.
1: Oh, I saw this. Yeah. you said something, I don't know if it was the same restaurant, but you said like you got the wrong cocktail at a place. And you said, do I say, oh, no, it was a wine pour. Oh, wine pour, pour enough wine. And you asked, do you send it back? I love that approach. That's
2: a really yeah. cool approach. Well, because still we're getting value of a place. Even if the place is not someplace I want to share, it's still a value. It's still a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, recently there was a, I, I ordered a glass of wine it They told me it was a full glass. It's no more than two ounces. I know because of experience and also being on that end. And I can't be a person that's complaining or let me see the manager or, you know, all those things that I know people would do. Um, So I made it a conversation. It was very interesting responses people gave me for that. Very.
1: I'm curious. What do do they say?
2: Okay. We have, you know, talk to the manager. We have just never go back. We have bring, have them show you with the crafts, what the, the full pour is. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, and at end of day too, even for this restaurant, I'm hoping to make it a teaching lesson for them too, because they have seen it um, where, where it's like, yes, if you're going to have this program, maybe here's ways that you do have consistent pours. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of day, It was just sadness for me. I didn't have a good wine lunch, but, um, but (laughs) that's, that's no joke. That can ruin your day. (laughs) But I'm not, I can't, I can't ever bash a place and two, you know, how long it takes to, to create content, right? So I'm not then going to add four hours of my time on a place. I'm just going to say goodbye and delete the files.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's tough because there's there's definitely a balance to strike between wanting to be positive and wanting to show people like where to go eat, but also you also want to be trusted by people, right? Like, you yeah, want, like if you're someone who just waxes poetic all the time, I think people start to see through it a little bit they start to be like okay there's no way this person loves absolutely loves everything they 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 they're eating they must be a pump and dump creator (laughs) so i think it's really cool that you have a way to like show that you do have opinions that are not just exclusively positive, but that you're approaching them in a more sort of like constructive way. You yeah.
2: Know? And that comes over time, you know, yeah. you have to keep a relationship with your audience. And I think my audience at this point knows that anything I post, I stand behind, whether that's yeah. a sponsored collab, whether that's dinners that I've spent money on, I stand behind. Um, and the other things we're not going to waste our time, I'm
1: sharing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and, and people do lose respect. Like for example, my wife will not let the fact that Nancy Silverton did a subway commercial go. And it's like, and it's like, you know, she's Nancy Silverton, like let her get her bag, you know, like she, she's done enough for the community. She can make some money doing a subway commercial, but she's like, my wife's like, no, absolutely not. You know, we're not going to, you know, of all the things to support Subway bread that was once upon a time alleged to be made with, you know, yoga mat ingredients, we're not going to let that fly. So I do think at some point, your word is all you have.
2: Yeah. 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 That's so
1: funny. Yeah. So I want to talk about another sort of unique angle of your content, which is that you're not just reviewing restaurants and you've already alluded to this a little bit with your caviar pasta, but you're making things too. You're like, I feel like people either do one or the other, but you very much do both.
2: Yes, yes. And I think that was also thanks to the pandemic because, okay. well, I think the pandemic did so much for everybody, creator-wise, restaurant-wise, whether unfortunately they, you know, no longer in business or yeah. exciting creative pop-ups took place. So yeah. that really truly came from the pandemic. And I have a confession. You heard it here first. I do have a boyfriend that is a chef. Oh. So I do have a little ratatouille moment in
1: the <laughs> kitchen. All right. All right. Everybody, you heard it here first. He's a fraud. Not breaking
2: yourself. news. Breaking news. Yeah. No, but, but. but it's
0: not pump and dump. I don't know what <laughs> is.
2: But I only say that as, you know, some of the dishes might look a little prettier when they're plated um, and I might have more guidance. But no, I do really love being in the kitchen. And, and that stems from my OG dinner parties or um, dinners with my family. You know, there's something so special about that shared moment together, cre- creating dishes and, and dinner parties, pe- people bringing things that they're excited about.
1: So, what, were, what are your, well, I'm, now I'm curious about what were the go to dishes that you had with your family growing up?
2: Ooh, we always had a salad okay. within, within our dinner. Um, yeah. My mom always did like a, a olive oil, red wine, vinaigrette dressing, and it was kind of, you know, the everything but the kitchen sink salad. So, it was ever it was in the fridge. Um, yeah. And kind of actually Italian, she cooked Italian flavors and Italian. Um, like chicken piccata and yeah. and steaks and pastas and always was pretty healthy it was very i realized too going to new york we would have like artichoke you know steamed artichoke that was something a lot of people hadn't had in when yeah. i went to school
1: yeah i mean i mean I, california is so famous for its produce too that it's kind of just like you know Everything here, you know, you can avocados, you can potatoes, avocados are all everywhere all the time. Yeah,
2: yeah. How about um, you? Uh, what were you? What did you, what did you have growing up? up? Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: honestly, like a, a lot of different things, and a lot of it. Um, I was a very <laughs> large child, um, and uh, I uh, I mean, my mom also cooked a lot of Italian things, but you know what's so funny is for me the really exciting nights was when she cooked like trash food, like was when she like went like, okay, we're not going to have freshly made pesto tonight. or we're not going to have like a freshly made lasagna pasta made from scratch. It's burger night, you know, it's sloppy Joe night or like it's, or what she thought it was like taco night, which was just like, you know, uh, minced meat and like, you know, uh, refried beans and whatnot. Shredded cheese. Shredded (laughs) cheese. Exactly. Like white people, Mexican food basically. And, uh, and those were the really exciting nights nice for me as growing up. So yeah, I hate to admit it, but um, I, you know, there, there's a time and place for that.
2: Yeah, but I love that. That's, and I, I think at the end of the day, look, like food connects everybody. We all have childhood memories. We all have places currently. Yeah. Like, and that's what's so yeah. fun. It doesn't matter, you know, where you come from or, you know, status. Sometimes food brings everybody together in the best way. Yeah
1: it does it does well i wanted to ask one more thing about your your making of things and that is i noticed that you had a below deck themed video a uh, cocktail video are you a
2: bravo show person i am such a bravo nerd i, okay. I heard your top chef um <laughs> episode recently which i do like this new season
1: i love this new season i really how about you
2: I love it. I feel like this one and the one that happened during the pandemic have yes, this, the port, Portland. Yes, they have this different heart, right? Yes, it's a competition show, but I feel like this season because everybody's coming from everywhere. There's so much heart, and yeah. and everybody's just connecting over their passion and food, and it's really fun.
1: Who do you like in terms of you know?
2: Um. Kind of thing? I mean I'm Team Buddha. He's uh, he's just a beast.
1: He's a beast. He is. I'm just annoyed because my uh my sometimes co host picked him uh, in the fantasy draft. I heard. So I don't yeah. I don't Sorry. love him so I'm forced to hate Buddha. Um although, you know, I, I obviously respect him and what he does, but I stand by what I say and I do think he's too polished. I think yeah, he needs some that like you need some of that, like, you know, fighter, like, you know, you get punched in the face and you need to be able to, you know, adjust and react. So, yeah.
2: Um, but yes, bra- Bravo, I love, I love. Below Deck was my pandemic um, binge. I watched yeah. every single episode, obsessed. With- I actually saw, I went to the Masters of Taste at the Rose Bowl yesterday, this food festival. And, yeah, same, and yeah. Marcos was there from Below Deck Sailing Yacht, no um, the chef of Below Deck Sailing Yacht. So I totally. <laughs> Nerded oh, you yeah. up
1: and like yeah like they're like kerosophy.
2: Oh, I a hundred percent went over, took a picture with him, asked him about <laughs> his his scalp that got like taken off in the episode. Um oh And spoiler alert, he's coming back in a new season. Oh wow, that is of yes. right your first. Watch ever. out! Like breaking
1: news <laughs> on the other food podcast. So uh, I, I I the reason I like Below Deck too is I think it's actually like. A sneaky good food show because mm-hmm. of the real chef thing. Like the resourcefulness those chefs have to go through just to, like, a be making these meals on boats and be pleasing these ridiculous customers. It's actually I would watch a show that's just about that.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They don't stop. They're they're the hardest working on the boat for sure. But th- I was right. Yeah. Okay, so below deck, the reason I made a video is because I was noticing every single episode, without fail, somebody was drinking an espresso martini. Whether it was the deck crew, you know, on their nights out, you know, partying it up, or whether it was the yachties like being fancy drinking martinis. So I had never wow. had one before. Have you had Espresso Martinis?
1: But- oh yeah, I've, I've <laughs> many, many. But the question is, have you had a carajillo? What is that? Okay, you gotta have this. So it is it is the like Mexican version of an espresso martini where they use the special liquor called liquor forty three and it is like an espresso martini on crack it is so first of all it it just tastes better in my opinion but b it also like hits in a way that an espresso martini doesn't for some reason um highly recommend it next time you're at like a sort of like more like mexican infused restaurant ask them if they can do a cariola for you
2: oh that is on my list i can't wait yeah You will regret
1: it but keep keep so Espresso so, martinis.
2: Espresso martinis. So I was making all these cocktail videos and I was like, well, I have to do one inspired by quality television. And secretly mm-hmm. I wanted to try the drink and it is great. It's great. And I understand it's like, it. it's, I feel like a bougier Red Bull vodka.
1: It's nature's <laughs> Red Bull vodka you know, without, all the, without all the fake shit. It's just yeah. coffee and alcohol. And that's, that's how it was supposed to be had. Totally. Yes. Um, that is, well, and, and now we know you didn't plate that. You, you didn't plate that drink either. I didn't plate you know. that drink, oh, yes, okay. yes. Okay, I just for yes. sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, final question for you before we go into a little bit of a, a game. I want to know where you get your food news. Like how do you hear mm. of new restaurants? Like obviously like, you know, a lot of people are listening probably follow you and we get their food news from you. But where do you, the person who like tells people about food, get their get their information
2: good question um i'm lucky at this point that i'm getting a lot of emails from pr so i'm getting the you know first look inside scoop um as far as my nerding out because i am such a nerd and i go down rabbit holes and stalk and watch things and you know read it all i love anything steph brejo from la times i think she is always on it of breaking news of mm-hmm. great places, I trust her opinion. Um, she's also has such a passion for Los Angeles and food and chefs and restaurants, but I really trust her opinion. Um, and then Kathy Chaplin at Eater LA, I love yeah. her because she does a lot of more of like the not just hole in the wall, but more obscure things that you aren't gonna read in like the big flashy headlines.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
2: And then um I have two friends that are actually world eaters, Caitlin um Orr and Anders Husa. And they always have breaking news because they've created this um food community called the Hungries. And so mm-hmm. I'm on their Discord kind of hearing about oh, everything cool. all over the world. Yeah. So that's been very fun.
1: That's really, that feels like you, you you made it, you know, if you get to be in that discord. <laughs>
2: yes. Well, you do have to pay for it, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so. but it's true. It's true. I mean, and that's, yeah. and that's very fun too. It's, you know, food nerds all over the world connecting, which is really fun. Cause when they come to LA, I'm giving my insights when I'm going traveling wherever I'm getting theirs. So it's been, it's been very fun to trade uh, spots.
1: That's cool. I, I have to ask, what's the weirdest PR request you've gotten?
2: Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> so many. Like, I
1: just <laughs> like, have you been like, oh, uh, hey, I'm, uh, you know, Stacy from KFC. Come try the Double Down, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Oh, well, now I think the weird thing is come try, you know, XYZ snack, right? Something that's like $4, right? Come have yeah. this in exchange for four reels, 10 stories. We get to use all your content. Um, So I'm getting a lot of those, which makes me really sad because I think one, people aren't valuing the time, the energy, the years of expertise, yeah. right? And it's, two, it means, yeah. yes, and two, it means people are doing that. Yeah. Um, so it just makes me sad, yeah.
1: I Well, you know, I can understand it from, like, if you're just starting out and you want to, like, show that you can work with partners and stuff, like, I understand why an influencer would take those, but certainly it's not, it, I I have noticed that too. The requests are not they are not worth the squeeze. The juice Mm-mm. is not worth the squeeze. Sometimes
2: it's yeah. the one. It's the one that's like and give us all the content for us to use on our ads and websites and all of that. That's what really irks me yeah. because that pay for a photographer or pay for my stuff.
1: No, it's okay. You know what really gets me going? What be really gets under my bonnet is when a, a place will or somebody will take your video without asking you and repost it to their grid. Like at first I was like, oh, okay. That that's, it feels kind of icky, but also like, thank you for doing that. Like, you know, more eyeballs or eyeballs, I guess. But at, at some points it's like, how do you just ask me, you know? yeah? I, I'm gonna say yes, you know, but like i i y I don't want people thinking that you made this real, you know, like you're not that talented. Yeah, kidding. well but
2: but, but <laughs> also plus but plus they're getting all the you know, the views, they're getting the algorithm, they're getting all these things in their favor. It's true, yeah. and it's your video. Oh yeah, you gotta flag those.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's happened a few times. I mean I, I, I always let it go, but it's uh but who knows? Maybe now I won't. Uh, maybe now I'll be the person who Ask them to, you know, report the uh-huh. room because there's not
2: enough,
1: <laughs> enough ounces. In I there. need
2: to see a manager.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Jesse. We're we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to play a game. So,
2: ooh,
1: yeah, be. And we're back with Jesse Evans of Jesse Eats, and it's time for a game. Now, the game we have for you today is a game I like to call the Perfect Wreck. Here's how it goes, Jesse. Basically, I'm going to give you an outlandish scenario. Think like, you know, uh, Walter White and Jesse Pinkman are out in a meth cook, and they need to go somewhere after they're done making meth to celebrate, and, and they're in the desert. Where do they go? That kind of thing. You know, just one of the more requests, and you have to come up with the perfect rec for that particular scenario. Are awesome. you prepared?
2: Yes, let's do this.
1: Okay. Since you love Bravo, I with a Bravo one. Tom Sandoval of Vanderpump Rules has asked you to meet up over dinner for relationship advice. Where do you meet? Oh. <laughs> the scandal of it all. I, okay, good. You're familiar with the scandal.
2: Oh, I am on it. That is my entire feed right now. Unfortunately, they <laughs> know me. All the bots, they know I love it. <laughs> okay. You. So yeah, there's we some considerations go... here, right?
1: Yeah, talk me through your thinking.
2: Um, I think we have to go somewhere very private, mm-hmm. very dark. Mm-hmm. That's my first instinct. Or are we going someplace because he has set up the paparazzi to show up,
1: Ooh. and he
2: and he is playing me, mm-hmm. and he is all about the the buzz and the attention. Okay, my my dark, low key spot. It's mm-hmm. The reason I say this is because I think he still lives in the Valley.
0: So mm-hmm. 818
2: Pride. Um, I personally like it, so it will give me something, some value out of this conversation. Yeah, um, yeah, And actually a very great bar program that I'm sure he would copy and steal drink recipes from.
1: Yeah, because he's the picture of integrity. So, you know, why wouldn't he? That's a really good one. I like that. I feel like I also like that because – Reebok's kind of nondescript from the outside too, right? It's kind of just like you, you wouldn't think it's like a cool spot while you're just driving by. So I, I feel like that's a good one that can just kind of like disguise itself within sort of like the, you know, paparazzi's uh, prove
2: Absolutely. And as far as the popular one, I don't know. I don't go to the Sunset Strip. Uh <laughs> <like> Chateau <laughs> Maman, <Mont>, whatever.
1: <laughs> Honestly, just like you could just go to McDonald's with him and he'd be happy <laughs> as long as there's attention. Exactly. Um, okay, I love that. Great answer. Scenario number two. You've just come back to LA after being away for six months. Maybe you were on some sort of like extended influencer food cruise in Alaska or something. You've been away for so long. Where do you go first?
2: My first instinct was Sonora Town.
1: It Ooh. is just
2: perfect comfort food, happiness. I have been to Sonora Town in the hard times and the celebratory times. Um, and then you get some Chivis to go and your fridge is stocked because you probably have nothing in the fridge. Mm-hmm. No groceries or anything. So that's my first instinct is Sonora Town.
1: I like that. It's a two for one deal because you're getting that food you craved and you get things that you can work with. Culinary and cooking wise, later on. So yes. Well thought out answer. Okay, you're crushing it so far, but now, now the questions get tough. Okay. No, okay. I'm just okay, you're crushing it so far. Time for the final question. Here we go. Okay. This one's a little bit dark. It's a little bit dark. Okay, but um, actually, I'm gonna make it less dark. Have you seen the last, the Last of Us? Yes. Okay, so you have insider information that this shit is real. And it's coming down the pipeline for us. This, like, mushroom pandemic. Where do you go for dinner before the world shuts down again? Your Ooh. last blowout. Oof. I don't okay. think I'm going to make it less dark. I thought I just made it more dark. But <laughs> whatever.
2: Okay. I think I'm going to Thai Taco Tuesday, Anna Jack. Mm. For a lot of selfish reasons. One, food's going to be great. Two, I'm open up all of those bottles in there and drinking all the wine
1: mm-hmm. and
2: three people I love are always there. So it's like the last goodbyes, give the hugs and do lot and open up all the asterisk caviar there and just do bumps That's, and bumps and bumps.
1: That is a good, good answer. <laughs> I, I've never been to Thai taco Tuesday. I've <gasps> doing actual tacos.
2: Okay. Do you know, do you know the, I mean, now it is yeah, crazy so, and the yeah. like just taking off.
1: I know, and Jack, and I know that Thai Taco Tuesday exists. I've just never been, and I'm not 100% sure what it entails.
2: It is so much fun, and it's probably my fault, too, that it has gotten as big, because I I took some people from LA Times there when it first started, all the things. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it's busy. Oops. Um It is so fun. It's usually, when it's better weather, it's a party in the alley, so... You know, we're getting a little like grungy. We got rap playing and he's doing nice. tacos with, um, he's doing seafood tacos. He's doing the, he has his fried chicken there and it started as a thing from a pandemic of just like, let's bring fun back again. I want to do something. And now it's taken off, which is so fun that it's like this little offset of his normal uh, menu. I love that.
1: I can't, I'm ashamed that I did not go there when I was having a hundred different takarillas in a year. Uh, but hey, I'll have to go sometime. But that is incredible. And uh, I don't think that he needs an apology for it becoming popular.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I love Justin. I'm so excited for everything that's happening his way.
1: Well, Jesse, I've got good news. You won the game. Congratulations.
2: Woohoo! Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> claps, claps, claps. Jesse, thank you so much for joining. Where can people find you?
2: Oh, I my uh, Instagram is at Jesse J-E-S-S-I-E J-S-S-S-I-E underscore eats. Or you can check out my new and improved website, jessieeats.com. Um, but yeah, definitely come find me and say hello because there's nothing I love more than connecting with everybody over food.
1: And if you, if anybody wants to know how you go about not sending a glass of wine back <laughs> when you should, go to Jesse. All right, Jesse, thank you so much.
2: Luca, thank you. This was so fun.
0: thanks for listening to another episode of the la food podcast again thank you for putting up with my audio issues if you like what you heard please go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating a review subscribe if you should be so inclined and if you're looking for me you can find me at the la countdown that's T-H-E-L-A-C-O-U-N-T-D-O-W-N. And if you're looking for Jessie Eats, by the way, we're also uh, putting links to all of her websites uh, in the show notes. So thanks again for listening. Countdown out.